Jenna Ford, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm glad that we're actually meeting in person. In person, back in the hoat. Yeah. So excited. <laughs> Feels good to be back. And today is the first day of classes for Indiana State University, which okay. is kind of exciting, I guess. Cool. So do you have any classes today? I have Zoom class. I don't know how I feel about Zoom class, but I'm sure it'll be great. Shakespeare on Zoom, who would have thought? So. <laughs> I think he'd be impressed. Oh, well, let's see. Hopefully. So, take it away, Brian. So, welcome to The Campus Catholic, a podcast providing candid discussion on Catholic Christian issues from a college student perspective. I'm Campus Minister Friar Ian Bremer, here with college student Jenna Ford. Hola! And as we start every show, Jenna, who is our Saint Spotlight for the week? Yes, I am so excited for today's Saint Spotlight. Friar Ian probably saw this coming from a mile away. We are talking about Mother Teresa today. She's my absolute most favorite saint, I think, in the world. Um, so I actually, I was, I just, I'm not very good with numbers, so I just wanted to refresh a little bit on some um, facts about her. And I was thinking, there's actually I have a personal story about Mother Teresa. So when I was in elementary school, um, when I thought I could be athletic at the time, I did, <laughs> I know, that was a pipe dream. Um, I ran cross country, and I just remember I had like a little medal with Mother Teresa's face on it. Like it was an actual picture. It wasn't just like a made out of metal. It had like an actual picture of her. And I just, I wore it all the time. And I just remember all the kids, like, they were like, Jenna, who's that old lady on your neck? And I just think it, it just, it makes me laugh. Um, so yeah, big fan, fangirl right here. So we're talking about Mother Teresa, obviously. She was alive from 1910 to 1977. She was born in North Macedonia. She was canonized in 2016 by Pope Francis, and her feast day is September 4th. I'm sorry, 1997? What did I say? I thought you said 1977. I might have said 1977. I'm in 1997. That's funny. Numbers and I aren't friends. Um, anyway, so at the age of 18, she joined the Sisters of Laredo in Ireland, um, and they eventually sent her to Calcutta in India to teach at an all-girls school. Um, and she taught there for a while, but in 1946... She actually felt a call within a call, um, and that was she was actually on a train, and while on this train, um, she just kind of had a deep realization of the extreme poverty um, within Calcutta, and she just felt this urge to just serve the poorest of the poor, um, and so that um, moved her to create the Missionaries of Charity, which is the order um, that people who are familiar with Mother Teresa know of best, so that's the sari with the the white with the blue stripes and the cross on the shoulder. Um, and so she created that in order to serve the poorest of the poor, like I said. So um, it took her a little bit to actually establish the Missionaries of Charity because she had to jump through all the right hoops. Um, and so after it was established, she went to six months of medical training um, in order to help those who she served. Um, she started a hospice. Um, she formed uh, a leper colony for those who... Um, were affected by leprosy, an orphanage, a nursing home, mobile health clinic. Like, this lady was, oh, she's just so cool. I just love her so much. Um, she won a lot of awards. She won the Jewel of India, um, which I guess is the highest award you can receive in India. And then you're, most people are probably familiar with the Nobel Peace Prize, which she won in 1979 and took no money from the prize. And I believe she also said when they had the banquet for her, they're like, you could have just given all this money to the poor instead of celebrating me for this Nobel Peace Prize. Um, which is really humble and just like, wow. <laughs> um, 
And so obviously she had a big heart for service. You know, she was always seen serving others. Um, a lot of her um, sisters that were in the order with her um, just always said, you know, she was always working. Like she was scrubbing toilets or helping people or, you know, caring for the sick. Um, and actually kind of a nice little story that I've always enjoyed. I actually heard this funny enough. I heard this story first in like sophomore year of English class. And it's just, it's always stuck with me. And I fact checked it to make sure it was true. Um, but supposedly while she was working um, with people who had leprosy, she was cleaning out um, a wound that a person had and it had, it was mega infested and there was a reporter there and he said, oh man, I wouldn't do this for a million bucks. And she looked at him and she smiled and she said, neither would I. And I just, I don't know, it just like gives you goosebumps. Um, so she's all about like just doing small things with great love as probably one of her most famous quotes. And she also talks about how faith and action is love and love and action is service. And that's something that she really, really um, lived out. But I also think it's important to note that she did have a 50-year dark period. Um, and this came out after her death, actually, when some of her personal letters that she didn't want to be published were published. Um, and they were titled, Come Be My Light. And it made a lot of people think that, you know, she was a bit of a hypocrite. But in reality, it just kind of shows us that Everyone faces dark times, even Mother Teresa, which is also cool because she was on the cover of Time magazine, like when she was living, and it was um, um, like a living saint, I think was the title of like the Time magazine. And then here we are, she's a saint. Um, so, you know, and she's also known for saying, you know, God has not called me to be successful, He's called me to be faithful. Um, so she's just this, like a testament to like just what it means to have a heart of service and what it means to just overcome and just truly live your life for Christ. And I just have mad respect. She's, she's awesome. So yeah. And that kind of ties into obviously what we're talking about today. What are we talking about today, Friar Ian? So today's topic is why should we serve? And, um, Jenna, can you tell us who we are interviewing today? Yes. So we are interviewing Nick Barr. He is a senior at Rose Holman Institute of Technology, which is, for those of you not familiar with the Terre Haute area, they're about three or four colleges in the area. Um, so it's one of the other colleges. Um, uh, he is studying mechanical engineering, and after graduating, he is planning on joining the Army, which is super cool. Um, wow. Yeah. And so actually, side note, uh, about like, what, a week ago for Ian? Yeah, it was about like, yeah. A week ago. Two weeks ago. Two weeks yeah. ago? Yeah. Wow. Um, we <laughs> actually, um, we took our mission trip um, to Tapa Joppa, Tennessee, rural Tennessee. We were very, very safe. Very safe. We were. We wore masks the whole time. <laughs> Just FYI, we're wearing masks right now, in case you're wondering. <laughs> um, and Nick was also part of that experience. I was there. Fair Ian was there. And there were a couple other college students. Um, and I don't know. Nick just has just like a heart for service. And I'm just really excited to hear um, what he has to say today. So without further ado, please enjoy our conversation with Nick. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jenna. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. I'm here with Friar Ian. Hello. Awesome. So, you're back in Terre Haute? Sure am. Looking forward to classes? Sure not. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, as you know, we are here to talk about something um, close to my heart. I'm pretty sure it's close to your heart. We are talking about service today. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, just to kind of start, um, do you just want to give us a little bit of a background 
of um, just kind of like what service means to you and how you've participated um, just in different service projects. Yeah, sure. Um, I'd say I would define service as uh, returning something of yourself to the community that you're a part of. Um, you know, whether that be monetarily, whether it be uh, through your through your work, through your actions, your efforts. Um, and I would define community pretty broadly, you know, for, you know, the whole country, the, the city that you live in, your state, all those things can be, can be a community that you can serve, um, and even, even globally, the church globally. Awesome. And so what ways, like, what major ways have you served? Because you do have a pretty decent background in service in various different forms. Uh, yeah, so I, um... I've done mission work for, for quite a long time. I don't know exactly how many years, but um, my guess is somewhere around seven years uh, that I've been doing mission work, um, primarily with my family in the Baja region of Mexico, the, uh, the Baja Peninsula, in a town called Ensenada, Tijuana. Um, so done mission work there, mostly construction, building residential homes for impoverished people and families um you know various soup kitchens around my my local area and things of that nature i was the philanthropy director for my fraternity um for a for a semester actually for a full year and um i currently serve as a uh, cadet in the united states army so wow that's awesome appreciate it yeah, actually, I, I didn't realize that you had done all those things. I, I had heard that you'd gone to Mexico, but I didn't realize that you had um, gone there for several, on several trips, mm -hmm. you know, and that it was with your family. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, wow. And so, you know, you mentioned um, being in the Army, um, or the ROTC for the Army. Um, so, like, how much has the concept of service kind of impacted that vocation to... Um, serve in the army uh it's if i am if i'm understanding your question um you know how does service of your community mm -hmm. extend to service in the armed forces yeah and like how how much did like service kind of motivate your your desire to serve in the armed forces oh yeah, yeah. Uh, i understand so I, quite a lot i when, when people ask me why i've joined the army um because, you know, you, you, when you're in ROTC, you're walking around campus wearing a uniform and you're very identifiable. Um, and so people tend to pick you out of the crowd and, and want to ask you questions, especially earlier in the year. But a question I get all the time is why, why I joined the Army. Like you're in college, you're, you know, getting your degree, you're studying, why, you know, in lack of better words, throw that away to join the Army. And um, my response is that always I've, I've been given so much, so much opportunity by the country that I feel called to return some of that. Uh, you know, and the armed forces is just a vehicle that I've chosen to do that. So. Really great. Yeah. yeah. And it's a real, you know, it's a real 
gospel kind of way of serving in in that it's it's laying down your life for others you know not necessarily in in a very literal way although there are men and women who have done that mm -hmm. but any kind of service and and giving of yourself and you know limiting your your own freedoms in order to to serve others so you know because there's there's obviously like regiments and and restrictions and things that go along with being um someone in the service you know so yeah that's a that's a real sacrifice so thank you for that yeah thank you for your service nick appreciate it thank you for the support so we talked a little bit about the army but what i am really interested in hearing about is so we actually went on a mission trip together yeah like we certainly did two weeks ago <laughs> um and so um yeah can you just share a little bit of that experience with our listeners experience is a good way to put it <laughs> uh certainly had our ups and downs on joffa mountain but man what a what a what a good time play on words very heavily intended um yeah, so the St. Joe's uh, University Ministry took a mission trip to uh, Eastern Tennessee, and we worked in Union and Granger counties with the uh, Glen Mary Home Missioners. Um, we were doing kind of domestic mission work with them, um, working with their two parishes that they have in that area. Um, the the Glen Mary Home Missioners are are awesome they, they are doing such a great job the 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 mission statement that they're running with uh, working in low Catholic population communities is just it's it's inspiring um, to reach out to people who you have nothing religiously in common with uh, or I guess not nothing but you know you don't have that that uh, universal pull of oh yeah I'm a Catholic you're a Catholic we can we can work together um, which is so great just to break that down so awesome what kind of work did you do uh we we did a lot of construction we did uh like i said some domestic work we did uh, working at food pantry i know you and i did that yes we did let's see what else did we do we worked with um distributing food and um gathering food and and for an additional food pantry so that they could distribute it to impoverished families um, we helped a super awesome dude named Terry. Shout out Terry if he's listening. He's totally not, but. <laughs> well, yeah, we tried to replace part of his metal roof. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you. I don't have any experience with metal roofs. I had zero experience. You had so much more experience than me. We're like up on this roof and I'm trying not to slide off. And Nick is just like, we had to the it was like the sheet metal was nailed in uh -huh. and so we had to like rip the nails out replace it it was it was laborious it was a it was a herculean yeah. effort to get those panels off and then back on and then there were hornets and fighting off <laughs> demons of wasps yeah it, it was, was yeah. Yeah. horrible creatures but yeah what a good time so so rewarding mm, absolutely uh, you know getting it being able and one of my favorite favorite parts of any mission work is uh, taking a second to step back and look at what you're doing and look at the fruits of your labor. You know, when we were in Mexico, uh, the region where we, that we were in was very mountainous. Um, and so we were always building on some kind of hill or some kind of mountain. So there's always somewhere higher that you could go. And just climbing up a little bit, just to look down 
at what you've accomplished and what you and your team have done and the impact that you've made is so palpable. It's, it's visible. You can see how you've totally changed somebody's life with just, you know, 48 hours of your time. That's, that's the real reward of service for me. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So, um, so what, uh, what have you, um, what are some of the things that you've learned, uh, over your experiences of going to Mexico, um, and serving there? And what are some of the things that you've also learned, um, just from our most recent, uh, trip, uh, to Joppa Mountain? Um, I'd say the, one of the largest lessons I've, I've learned is, um, you know, that age old adage of never judging a book by its cover, you know, the, the, all the different people we've met and all the different experiences I've had, not one of them have been the same. And the, you know, just as you go and as you have all these experiences, you start to build up kind of a library in your head of the things that you've seen, things that you know, and it's always, it's always been a struggle for me to not apply that knowledge that I have to situations when I see similarities. Um, I always just have to remind myself like this is a completely different place with completely different family, doing completely different things, you know, totally different circumstances. So always trying to um, assess a situation based on what I know and not based on what I think that I know. Um, that's a big one. And then an additional one, boy, I hope you guys can't hear that sign. <laughs> an additional thing that I've learned is just the, the things that a human can do is, it's like, it's crazy to me. The human machine is so awesome, you know, because you can get there and within a day with like 20 people, you have a house, like a 20 by 20 house with the walls up in a day, like in 12 hours of work, how in the world can you do that? And just the, the lengths that the human body can go to, that the efforts that you can exert, it's taught me a lot about, you know, what I can physically do and it's given me a lot of, uh, a lot of real world skills in the things that I know. Absolutely. Yeah. I really loved how you were, you know, talking about kind of seeing each person and each group and stuff that you've worked with is like individuals, you know, like you, you seek to, to see them as they are not just like, this is just general, like I'm just helping people in general, but like you're helping like individual persons mm -hmm. and you get to know them and like, and their stories and things like that. Yeah. So that's, that's great. That's really, you know, seeing, seeing Christ in, in the diversity of people, right? Yeah. And also not like, you know, like a lot of times I think sometimes people go on service trips and they don't always see like themselves as on the same level as the person mm -hmm. they are serving. And so I think that also is like a big testament to just the value of just kind of, you know, seeing those differences and embracing them. That's actually another thing that's, I'm glad you brought that up because that's another thing I've learned is, is what is, you know, service and service is, is lowering yourself, um, to do something 
greater than you would otherwise, right? So mm. we're, I mean, I think we're living pretty, we're living pretty large here in the States, mm-hmm. you know, in our area that we're living in, you know, Jen and I are attending college and Ian's working as the youth minister for, for such a, or a university ministry minister for, um, you know, this awesome parish. We're, we're living pretty comfortably. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just always humbling to see, you know, the, the, the conditions that people live in that we don't. And that the, there's a phrase that always comes to mind is your obedient servant. I'm your obedient servant. You know, when you play, when you, when you play that role of missionary or, you know, uh, somebody who's providing work, you are obediently theirs to do the work that they need done. Um, which is, you know, I think that, I think that everybody could learn, learn, some more about how to be someone else's obedient servant. Wow, thank you. Again, very Christ-like, you know, like in the, um, uh, Jesus being obedient to the Father, even unto death, mm-hmm. and and also it just brings up the image of, of that humbling yourself um, to do something greater. It brings up that image of Jesus washing the feet mm-hmm. of his disciples, you know, and telling his disciples, like, what I have done, uh, so you also must do, and, and I really see you doing that. So thank you. Wow. Absolutely. So why is service something that you want to keep doing? It seems that you want to kind of make a career, if I'm understanding correctly, just kind of out of um, serving others and sacrificing yourself for the sake of others. So why is that something that you want to keep doing? And what would you say to those who were maybe haven't really experienced themselves and putting themselves out there in um, just different ways of service, what, would, what advice do you think you would offer to them? I think, that's a great question, by the way. Um, and yeah, I, I, at the moment, I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, spending, spending my life in service to the country. But um, I have a question, how much I how much editing can we do? <laughs> Whatever we need, we can try our best. Okay. Can you read the question? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so why is service something that you want to keep doing? And then second question, what advice would you offer for those who maybe want to serve, not specifically in the army, yeah. just in general? Um, what advice would you offer them? Uh, so why I want to keep serving is... Um, because I find it fulfilling. It's, you know, when you're doing something, um, when you're giving of yourself for someone else, um, or for your community or for your country, it's just, it, it fills you up in a way that working for yourself never could. You know, when I'm, uh, when I'm working over the summers in a private job or a commercial job, and I'm earning money for myself, I don't feel as fulfilled as I do when I'm doing mission work or when I'm in the field training for the army. Um, so that just that sense of filling myself up um, by giving of myself for others uh, is is really is a it's. It's something that I've never experienced in a way that wasn't through service of other people. Um, and it's what just keeps getting me back, 
bring me back for more. I'm like an addict. Uh, and then um, what I would say to people who are considering doing some kind of service is just do it. Like just take the plunge, take a week off of work. Um, you know, your job's not going to miss you that much. You're not that important at your company. That's a promise. Um, and if you're working anywhere that is, you know, reasonable and you say, Hey, I want to take a week to go do some service. I think people would generally, uh, appreciate that and, and reward behavior like that or should reward behavior like that. Um, so yeah, just do it. Just, uh, find somewhere. There's soup kitchens in every town in America. Everybody needs food. Just start small and, and see if you like it. And I bet you will. That reminds me of our patron saint for this episode. Yes, Mother Teresa, right. small things with great love. Absolutely. So Nick, we've loved having you on this week. And we do have one final question um, that we ask all of our guests. And Friar Ian and I also chime in on this question as well. Where have you seen God this week? Ooh. Let's see. I have a funny story. Um, so I'm working, I'm living right now at my fraternity house and in anticipation of going online, I've decided to make a small home gym. Um, it's, it's really simple, but we needed some tools to, to work on and we needed some, some weight. So I went to Lowe's the other day, um, to pick up a miter saw and to pick up a bunch of concrete and, uh, went to go purchase it with a check from our fraternity fund and the check didn't register. It, it wouldn't read it. And so I went in total, I spent two and a half hours standing at the register, uh, went through four managers and 10 employees. And there was one employee who was there the whole time who was just so kind and so like, so apologetic for the situation. I just thought it was hilarious because I, I mean, I don't care. I ain't got anything else to do. What else am I going to do except stand lie at Lowe's for several hours? But, um, her name was Deborah. So shout out to Deborah at Lowe's. She's a champion. Um, I've seen, I've seen God in, in a cashier at Lowe's this week. That's awesome. Briar, Ian, where have you seen God this week? Um, and this might sound, um, uh, What's the word? Cliche. As a, <laughs> as a university minister, um, this might sound cliche, um, but uh, this being the first week of school, and so this weekend, um, the, the first, you know, Sunday masses before classes begin. Um, so just seeing um, new students uh, actually show some interest in, like on their own volition, show interest in um, uh, getting um, in, uh, engaged in university ministry and finding out when the mass times are and things like that. Um, some of them I reached out to myself, but some of them kind of found us on their own. Um, and so uh, just seeing that, that fervor and excitement and uh, interest that's coming from them um, to, to seek out you know, a community of faith and uh, I'm just like, that's edifying, you know? I'm like, oh, this is good. Like, 
Um, so I'm, I'm just delighted in that and I'm delighted to see the spirit moving in them. Very good. How about you, Jenna? Where did I see God this week? Um, so I know this was a couple weeks ago, but during our mission trip, I saw God so much in everybody and in the mountains. I just wanted to throw that in there just because the mountains were great and everyone there was great. Um, but this week specifically, today just was not like the best day in the world. And I'm just a typically stressed out person for those of you who don't know me personally. And there's this um, this person, I don't know them super well, like we're just kind of acquaintances. And I was just kind of telling her about some things that didn't make my day so hot. And she was like, Jenna, you're going to be okay. And I was like, just coming from, I know, I know, just coming, like just hearing those words. I just, from somebody that I'm not super close with, like I really felt like, um, and they weren't even really, we were at work and, um, and she wasn't really even supposed to be there. And I just felt like, thank you, Jesus, for sending me that person to tell me that it's going to be okay. And then I bought sweet tea, so it was all good. <laughs> um, but yes, God is everywhere. So awesome. Well, thank you again, Nick, so much. Thank you for your service. Thank you for sharing your heart of service. Really beautiful. Um, and just thank you for coming on tonight. We thank you again you. for your support. Absolutely. Um, so we just thank you all for listening here at the Campus Catholic. Know that we are praying for you. And we also just wanted to offer, you know, maybe consider taking that step. Consider helping those in your community, um, especially if you're in the Terre Haute area. Feel free to reach out to um, St. Joseph University Parish, and there are many opportunities that we would love to set you up with. Um, and just maybe try to be a face of Christ to someone this week. Um, so, yeah, we're praying for you all here at the Campus Catholic, and Friar Ian, take it away. And as we end all the time, peace and all good. <laughs>